It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Yeah, that's right. Live and in living color and 3D if you're in the right place. Um, thank you, uh, folks, for stopping by. I hope um, I'm able to provide you with some information you're going to be able to use. Uh, for those of you who, who don't know who I am, I'm a, a dude named Rich Iverson. I live here in California. That's where I popped out. And... Um, I've been studying law for uh, in excess of 25 years, got involved with politics before that. So I've come from politics, been doing law full time, and um, I began studying with a man named Richard McDonald. And Richard McDonald was teaching people uh, about states' rights and state citizenship. A lot of people are unaware there's two classes of citizens in our country, one state and one federal, and uh, I was a federal citizen or a U.S. citizen as they are identified as, and uh, Richard McDonald, uh, along with me and my research and what I read, uh, convinced myself that I don't want to be a U.S. citizen because um, that's not a good citizenship to be. State citizens have greater rights, greater protections than U.S. citizens. Um, state citizens uh, are not obligated to pay federal income tax or state income tax. They're not required to have a driver's license, register their car, any of that kind of stuff. It's a whole different ball game, so to speak. And in any event, I've been... Uh, I just dove, uh, primarily I got into this because uh, Richard, um, because I found out that you could use a car without having a driver's license. And um, that was my primary interest. I I couldn't stand going to the DMV and registering, you know, my cars every year. I just couldn't stand it. It, it, it. It's so annoying. And when I heard that there was this guy teaching this stuff, well, I just, you know, dove in. And I've been doing it ever since. And over the course of the last 25 years, I've I've learned a great deal about what we were never taught when we were forced to go to the gulags they call public schools, where our parents got ripped off on what they were led to believe was an education. Well, it was an education, and... um, yeah, they left out a lot. And um, so I wanted to focus on the driver's license because I happened to see a news item today that I thought was um, pretty interesting. Um, and it has to do with people in New York having to get a, uh, well, here's the headline, New York cracks down on unlicensed 
dog walkers. Now, as soon as I saw that headline, I knew exactly what the deal was. These people are getting paid because a license is issued to people who want to earn a living in a field that's regulated by the state. The state has the authority to regulate professions, certain professions, not all, but some. In any event, uh, I saw this news item and I read the first sentence. The New York Health Department is cracking down on independent dog walkers and using an outdated law to prevent them from doing business. Bingo. Now, now, what it's important for people to be aware of is the license is a license is a license. That's it. doesn't matter which, what word you stick in front of it. It's a license. That's it. So it's, as that saying goes, a rose by any other name is still a rose. So what does the license do? Well, the license, permit, license permits the holder to do something that would be illegal without without the license. And um, it's just that simple. So anybody anybody who's received a um, quote-unquote traffic ticket for driving without a license, you know that that's a misdemeanor. And a misdemeanor is a crime. And we know it's a crime because... Upon conviction, one could wind up going to jail. That's one element that's a comp- or component of how you determine what you've been accused of. It's either a crime or it's not. It's very simple. So what are the components or elements that constitute a crime? One, you'll get a jury trial. That's your constitutionally secured right. Two, you get an attorney paid for public expense if you can't afford one. Three, you may wind up going to jail in addition to a fine. And four, you'll be Mirandized. Now, what a lot of people are unaware of uh, when it comes to the license and what it permits is the legislature who makes the law does not even define the word driving. I'm going to give everyone the benefit of the doubt that uh, they have a driver's license who's on this call. However, they've never seen the legal definition of driving unless they've looked in a court case because it's not, at least it's not in the California codes, any of them I've looked. They have motor vehicle, they have driver, they have vehicle, pedestrian, transportation, you name it. There's definitions for all that stuff, but they do not define the verb the license permits. And if one doesn't have the state's permission slip to do that verb, that's a crime. So what people appear not to have hooked up quite yet is that driving is a crime unless you have the state's permission. Now think about that for a minute or less. You pay the state enough, you jump through enough hoops, 
the state's going to let you commit a crime. There's something dramatically warped about that. But anyway, I'm not going to digress. The bottom line is that these professions, like the unlicensed dog walkers, if they don't have the license, it'll more than likely be a misdemeanor. But they'll probably hook it up as an infraction where they'll just want money instead of the jail sanction. Now, if they make it an infraction, then the people who may be approached and confronted by a peace officer will not be Mirandized. They will not have Miranda warning read to them for the following reason. You do not get an attorney paid for at public expense unless you've been accused of a crime. And that's why police never Mirandize people who are stopped unless they're, they're hauling them out for something other than a burned-out taillight, talking on a cell phone, overly tinted windows, expired tab, no plate, five, ten miles over the speed limit. They will not read the Miranda notice. And one of the reasons that the cops won't read the Miranda notice is because they either don't know or they do know, and they're lying, that the so-called traffic stop, what everybody calls a traffic stop, is in fact an arrest. But don't believe me. Look in your vehicle code. In California, the arrest procedures that apply to peace officers begin at 40300. They're arrest procedures. They're not traffic stop procedures. They're not detention procedures. They're not enforcement stop procedures. They're not seizure procedures. They're arrest procedures. And if you want to find out, if you want confirmation, then take a look at California Vehicle Code Section 40500. You'll see the word arrest, arresting officer, and arrestee. But the icing on the cake is California Vehicle Code Section 40504. Because at 40504, people are going to see that not only have they been arrested, but they're in custody. Don't believe me. That's the word that's been used by the legislature. The legislature provided that word at California Vehicle Code, Section 40504. So prior to the officer issuing the notice to appear, the party stopped has been arrested, and they are held in custody until the officer issues the notice to appear, at which time they are released OR, or own recognizance. And a lot of people don't know that. Because if a lot of people knew that, there'd be a lot more pissed off people like me. I'm really pissed off. I got 25 years worth of being pissed off um, under my belt. I've heard a lot of horror stories from people who should never have had happen what happened to them. The stuff that the police do is nothing more than sadism. That's all it is. It's sadism and brutality. 
They don't care about the people's rights. If they did, they would act differently. So getting back to the license, that license is issued to people who want to deliver stuff for a living, either stuff or people. So someone who wants to deliver pizzas or flowers for FTD or work for Yellow Cab has to have a license. That's how it works. Because they're using the streets for business purposes. So that little permission slip permits the holder to engage in commerce or the transportation business. And without that card, without that permission slip, participating in the transportation business is a crime. So like these dog walkers in New York, it remains to be seen whether it's going to be an infraction or a crime. But the fact remains, you want to do business using the streets, you've got to get your butt over to the DMV and apply for the card. And that's how it works. It's just that simple. Unfortunately, for every 15-year-old, they're never informed what that little card is. They know it's a license. They know they want one really bad because for 15 years, they've heard adults talk about cars and going places, etc., and they want to go places too because it's fun. Who doesn't want to go to the movies? Who doesn't want to go to the store and buy stuff or just walk around in a store because you drove the car there? Right. And just put, remember when you got your license and mom and dad let you put the car in the driveway? Whoa, was that a big dang deal? Yeah, a lot of fun. But unfortunately, mom and dad got ripped off, and so did we, because the schools left out the information about what the license is and what it permits. So in point of fact, we were defrauded. And that's a huge advantage for everybody who's got a license, because fraud vitiates every contract. doesn't matter how long the quote-unquote contract has been in in existence, if there's an element of fraud in it, it's no good. So if you went to the DMV thinking that you needed the uh, license to use your car to go shopping, you know, grocery shopping, run errands, you know, get some dish soap for mom, you know, or maybe head over to the uh, auto parts store and get an air filter for dad's truck, you know, because his hands are all greasy, uh, you're, you're not driving. You're just running an errand. Or if you want to go to your place of worship and uh, hang out with, you know, your fellow parishioners, wherever, you know, whatever you do. That's not driving. You're merely using the streets for the common purpose. So there's two purposes for the streets and highways. And like the license, the schools never taught us about the distinction and the use because use has everything to do with what's going on. How you use your car determines what it is. For example, people will not object to someone identifying their car as a motor vehicle. I would, especially in a courtroom, because that's not what it is. I know what the definition of a motor vehicle is, and that's not how I use my property. A motor vehicle is a tool. It's equipment. Equipment is something used in business. So whenever we hear the word equipment violation, that has to do 
with a tool used in the transportation business that was not in compliance with a rule. It's just that simple. We've been lied to. We've been defrauded. We've been terrorized. We're terrorized every single day. Most people who have license plates and, and um, current tabs, they don't think about cops, but they don't want to get pulled over anyway. They're good to go, but they still don't want to get pulled over. Nobody wants to get pulled over. And everybody who gets pulled over about ready to pee their pants. Nobody wants to see those red lights go on in, in their mirror. Nobody. It's no fun. I see a cop coming at me, you know, 15 blocks up the street. I'm looking for an exit. Even coming at me. I don't want to see cops. That's how bad I want to avoid those guys because they don't know what the hell they're doing. And I'm not going to take a chance that they do. Because what police are doing when they pull over for someone over for some alleged violation of the vehicle code it's making an allegation, they've made a presumption that the party using their car is engaged in the activity the vehicle code and the DMV regulates. And the activity the DMV regulates is commerce. That's it. If you have plates on your car, that's evidence. You use it as, as equipment to haul stuff for money. People are laughing at us, the people who make money off this, the police, the commissioners, the court clerks, the pro tems, the judges. If people figure out what I'm aware of, those folks are going to have a harder time paying their mortgages. They may have to sell their boat. They may have to sell their other goodies and toys. They may not be able to get that new Mercedes. They may not be able to put one of their kids or any of their kids through high college. Why? Because people figured out how they wind up in court. They wind up in court because they don't know what they've been accused of. What the cop is doing when he's pulling someone over is alleging they're engaged in business without permission. Or, you know, they're, they're doing something that they agreed to do uh, without permission. Or they're not, they're either. Um, this is every allegation. Every single allegation, anything that winds up on what people call a ticket. And by the way, it's not a ticket. Call it what it is. There's typically three words at the top of it. Notice to appear. That's what the paper's identified as. Do not change those words. Call that paper exactly what those words are. There's a reason for that. People are using slang and they're getting their ass kicked in court and they don't know why or how. Because they heard, they watched a YouTube video, so-and-so told them, what happened? They're using slang, they're using the wrong words. The word is notice to appear. It's a notice, it's not a complaint. Houston we got a big problem. Actually, the court has a bigger problem than the people when the people figure this out. Because once the people figure out that that notice to appear is not a complaint, 
they may look into it and start speaking differently about that paper and what's on it. So getting back to what's on that paper, it doesn't matter what section the officer puts on it. The allegation is always the same. Every single one. My last stop, I was stopped for no plates, burned out taillight, uh, no driver's license, no registration. But they all represent the same exact three words. Failure to comply. Right now, thousands upon thousands of people are being pulled over by cops who are issuing notice to appears with something written on it. But everything written on that notice to appear translates into the same exact three words all across the country. Failure to comply. Everybody who's got a license has a contract with the state. And anybody who's been studying law for more than a week knows a little something about contracts. And contracts contain terms and conditions. Those conditions are otherwise known as obligations. I would encourage everybody on this call or who listens to this to look in your either civil code or code of civil procedure to find out how obligations come into existence. If it's anything like California, you're going to see that it's either by law or by contract. Now let's take the second issue first because I can hear someone going, well, yeah, dude, it's law. You got to have a license. Okay, that's true. It's very true. However, I'll bet that whoever comes back with that retort is unaware that there is both general law and special law. The vehicle code and what it regulates is law. However, it's special law, not general law. And the reason it's not general law is because it only applies to those persons who identify themselves as drivers. So if you're not identified as a driver, that code does not apply to you. Nothing in that code applies to you. You cannot be found guilty of failing to comply with any of the terms or conditions in the, in the vehicle code because it doesn't apply to you. It's special law, and it only applies to those who are similarly situated. Drivers, another word for driver, is carrier. A carrier, duh, is someone who carries someone or something from point A to point B for compensation. That's what a driver is. Look up carrier in your public resources code. The state regulates carriers. UPS is a carrier. Uber is a carrier. Yellow Cab is a carrier. Uh, Greyhound Bus Lines is a carrier. Uh, Mayflower uh, Moving, if they still exist, they're a carrier. 
some carriers haul people, some carriers haul stuff. But the bottom line is this. A carrier is compensated to transport a passenger or cargo from point A to point B. That's the proper way to say this. Another way to say passenger is customer. It's all business, folks. All the words are within a business context. All the words in the vehicle code are within a business or commercial context. Now, at my research page, I have a number of essays that I've put together over the years, over the decades, I should say. I have thousands and thousands of court cases. I've probably read in the last 25 years easily 10 to 15,000 court cases. I read court cases almost daily. Or I'm reading something about a court case. And what I do is, a lot of times, and I have a lot of these, I have compilations of cases covering the same thing. For example, I have about a 470-page compilation of Fourth Amendment cases. Now, I don't use the Fourth Amendment. That's a topic of a different discussion. But I have lots and lots of Fourth Amendment cases in these 475 pages. The cases are very, very informative. I don't I won't use them in a state action. I could, but I don't need to. Because I have all the state cases I need to make to make my case. I don't need a US Supreme Court decision or a US appellate level decision. I have state cases that I work with. But the idea is I have these compilations of cases. For example, I put together um, about 15 the other day that have to do with errors, like fatal error, reversible error, etc. Because believe it or not, um, our employees on the government payroll are not perfect. They actually make mistakes or errors, like perhaps you made, when you're heading over to the grocery store uh, because you needed to get some depends for your, you know, unfortunately your, your grandmother who is, you know, having bladder problems, you know, and you were going a little bit faster than you would have under different circumstances. But, you know, you weren't, you weren't, you weren't paying attention essentially. You didn't mean to, but, you know, it's, it's like Hillary. Uh, you know, according to Comey, she, she didn't mean to. So we, we, you know, she didn't need to get a spank. She didn't mean to. But guess what? Um, you want to know about errors as it pertains to police and judicial officers because uh, you might get your case overturned, dismissed, etc. Because they make it mistakes too. They, as a matter of fact, this is the, the great news for everybody is policemen, highway patrol officers, sheriff deputies, judicial officers, that's a pro tem. A pro tem is a poser, want to be a judge. They're still an attorney, but they're pretending to be 
not an attorney by wearing a black dress. A commissioner is a judicial officer and a judge is a judicial officer, and they make mistakes, and they have way more rules that apply to them than apply to us. Folks, we got these people by the short hairs. So it's a matter of locating the rules that apply to our employees and start controlling them. They wanted to work for us. Everybody listening to this call who's on this call who may be listening to this is the boss. You didn't want it unless you're a cop, but the bottom line is policemen, judges, everybody in government, they wanted to work for us. They want, they're in a customer service business. That's what they wanted to do. They produce nothing. They're customer service. And they're shit at their jobs. And you people ought to be pissed off at just how shitty they are at their jobs. If you have a problem with profanity, then you might want to leave the call because I'm an adult. And what's going on out there in the street and out in the courtrooms is profane. So if you all have a problem with four-letter words, then leave because the problem is on the street with your law enforcement personnel, your law enforcement employees, and those people wearing the black dresses pretending to know what they're doing. Now, everybody who's got a license was misled. No 15-year-old knew that when they were going over to the DMV to get that permit with mom or dad or both, that they were asking the state for permission to deliver pizza or flowers or work at Yellow Cab. That's not why people went there. Everybody who's got a license was defrauded. Well, folks, Merry Christmas, Happy Birthday, Happy New Year. It's your lucky day if you believe in luck because you've got a blown-out contract. It's no good. You were lied to, you were cheated, you were deceived, and you got the state by the short hairs. And they do not want you to know any of this. So I would encourage everybody to check into contract rescission because that's the name of the game. So I'm sure everybody on the call has heard people who've said uh, they've gone into a courtroom and they've heard stories where people have gone into a courtroom and the judge admonished them for saying, don't you ever use a constitution in my courtroom again. I'm going straight to jail. Everybody who brings up the constitution in a traffic case in their attempt to get out of that ticket is attempting to use the, con- the, the constitution to override their contract. Ha, 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 ha. Ain't going to work because the Constitution secures everyone's clearly established, constitutionally secured, unalienable right to contract. And people want to go into traffic court and use the, use the Constitution to weasel out of their obligations. Ain't going to work ever. But you know what could work, at least this is what I've determined works for me, is asking uh, the accuser a lot of yes or no questions. I only ask 
questions I know the answer to. And I would encourage everybody to do the same thing. Because that black dress wearing someone sitting sitting at the desk over there, they're familiar with this. Because this is what they were taught in law school. You never ask a question you don't know the answer to. Now that dress wearing someone, that employee of yours, when you start asking them questions, when you start asking the cop questions, if you do that, a lot of people go in and tell stories. They do exactly what you see on that show, Cops. If, if folks want to see how not to, not to deal with a quote-unquote traffic stop, just watch the show, Cops. They only show people getting arrested and going to jail. If they didn't do that, there would be no show. So all those folks who are sitting there on the show making admissions to the cops, telling the cops that they only had a beer, only had two beers, only just got off work, you know, and they're making all these admissions and confessions. Well, guess what? Uh, they're, they're making the case for the state. All the cops got to do is stand there and go, mm-hmm, oh, mm, not, okay, mm, great, great. Just record, hey, uh, you made the case for your accuser. Very good. All right, so just go into court and tell them stuff. Make sure that all the sounds you make end with uh, periods and little little spears, okay? But make sure the sounds don't end with fish hooks because because you might just come out out of there with all your money in your wallet. You see, a lot of people are unaware that the courtroom is a greenhouse for questions. I would encourage everybody to watch the movie A Few good men. That's mandatory if people are interested in working with me. Because that movie encapsulates what's happening out at the street right now. What was referred to in that movie was a practice, an informal policy that is not written down. And the name for that informal well, discipline, if you will, was code red. That's what the so-called traffic stop is. It's a code red. It's an unwritten policy. Well, that's not the way it works in our country. Police are required to follow rules. Those rules are written down. Now, everybody believes that policemen are required to do things. Well, they are. But what if people found out that there's no requirement for a policeman to pull someone over for an expired tab, a burned-out taillight, not wearing a seatbelt, overly tinted windows, fuzzy dice, a little too big, you know, maybe five, ten miles over the speed limit. California stopped, didn't come to a complete stop. What if, what, what, if, what if you found out there was no rule that a cop had to follow saying that he had to pull you over for that? Wouldn't that be cool? I mean, if you, if, if you folks could, could actually see the rule, what if, if, if there was a rule that existed where a cop doesn't have to pull you over, you'd probably want to see it, right? Well, guess what? It exists. 
I've seen it. I have it. It's in the California Penal Code. It, it, it's, it's, it's in the rule book that applies to police because police are hired to deal with crime. So don't believe me. Look at the words at Penal Code, California Penal Code, Section 836A. This is what you're going to see. Peace officer may, in obedience to a warrant, arrest. Merry Christmas. Happy birthday. Peace officer may. What may means is it's discretionary. How many people would bet that when you said that a policeman does not have to serve a warrant, they would bet you? So if you say, I'll bet you a dollar, a policeman doesn't have to serve a warrant when they're issued one, how many people will go, I'll take a piece of that? Yeah. Take a look at penal code, California Penal Code Section 836A. Peace officer may, in obedience to a warrant, arrest. In street terms, that translates into, hey, he can if he wants to, but uh, he don't got to. Yeah, it's optional. Yeah, it's a court order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe the internet actually pull you over and give it to you. Yeah, he, he can just drive around. He'll go get a cup of coffee. You know, whatever. Yeah, he doesn't have to pull you over. Folks, are you kidding me? Merry Christmas. Happy birthday. Thank the California legislature for writing using the word may. Because may is discretionary. So the officer has a discretionary duty. But he doesn't got to do it. Well, where's the section that says he's got to pull you over? Because there's thousands and thousands of cops pulling people over and have pulled people over right now. So where's the rule that says they got it? Doesn't exist. I don't think they, they should get even, even get any lovely parting gifts. These guys are carrying loaded weapons cattle prods, sticks, shotguns. They got handcuffs. They're riding around in a car you paid for. I don't know if they have to pay for their own uniform and stuff that, you know, the heavy artillery hanging off their belt, but, you know, they're getting a nice salary. And you know what? They don't have to do a damn thing. I got a court case, as a matter of fact, and uh, it's been slapped with not for publication, not for citation. You can't cite the case, and you can't. It's not even supposed to be available. You're not even supposed to know it exists. But guess what? The dumbasses here in California published it anyway, and they put not to be cited and not for publication on it. That means they cannot be used. And this is, what, and this is a sentence from the case. A police officer has no affirmative statutory duty to do anything. 
Merry Christmas. Happy birthday. And there's plenty of court cases that say uh, that that the you know the, the municipality doesn't have to even supply a police department. Um, I've got more than a few cases that that tell me that, folks. It's a scandal. And you're the ones who are being subjected to this bullshit. These are this is lie upon lie, upon fraud, upon deceit, upon extortion. You're going to that courtroom. They do not want you to get out of that. You can pay but or you know, before you go to court or you can go to court, but you're gonna get on the that's not a court actually, it's a train station. You're gonna get on a train, you're gonna go somewhere. You're either gonna pick up trash along the roadway you know, pay a fine, go to traffic school or whatever, they're going to be really nice to you. They're very magnanimous as long as you can cut a deal with what their offer is. Uh, if you just want to go to traffic court, let me know right away. and blah, 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 Set it up, bang, you're out of here. Okay, you're on, I'm going to go to traffic court. No problem. Hey, due process, just died. That guy, that guy or woman doesn't know anything about due process, secured rights, anything. They're idiots. I hope they go to traffic school and I hope they get another ticket. Okay? Because they're idiots. Just keep them off the road. They don't know what they're doing. It's really bad, people. If if um, given given that the so-called traffic stop is an arrest, and it's an arrest for an alleged violation of a rule applicable to business, what would your argument be? Let's say. Um, John Law pulls you over for speeding and learns you don't have a license. Oh, no. So you got a misdemeanor, 12,000, here in California, it's 12,500A of the vehicle code, driving without a license, it's a misdemeanor. And um, speeding, 22350. That's not a crime, it's an infraction. It's not a misdemeanor, it's an infraction. So you're looking at out-of-pocket costs of upwards of 500 bucks. But what would your argument be now that you're aware that the cop accused you of breaking a rule applicable to someone who's delivering stuff for a living? You go in there and say, well, Your Honor, I wasn't going that fast. I, I, I mean, he accused me of doing 65 and, and, and 45. Your Honor, I was doing like 50 miles an hour. You know, I mean, it's hot. You know, I, and it might not even been going that fast, maybe 51, but no, I wasn't going, you know. You just lost because you admitted you exceeded the posted speed limit and you have an obligation which you created when you went over to the DMV and you filled out their application and qualified for the privilege they offered. Ha, 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 contract law 101, and no one on this call got one second of contract law when they were forced to sit in those gulags for 12 years that mom and dad paid for. So not only did the students get ripped off, so did mom and dad. And you know who's benefiting? Government employees. They don't want people to figure this stuff out. They don't want people to think that going to visit granny is separate and distinct from delivering flowers or a pizza or working for Yellow Cab. 
next time you, you see a yellow cab, just walk up to the guy and ask him, hey, what class license do you need to have in order to drive a cab? In California, it's the same one you have in your wallet. So pull it out and take a look at it. But don't believe me. Ask a cab driver. They'll tell you. I've done it many times. The answer is always the same, Class C. That's what they issue everybody who's not driving a big rig or a Class B, whatever, or a Class M, which is motorcycle. But the fact remains, the license doesn't matter what it's for. It permits the holder to do a job. That's it. It's just that simple. So what's the argument when you go to traffic court? Uh, well, officer, is it a fact um, you accused me of uh, vehicle code section 12,500A and uh, 22350? Yeah. And um, 12,500A, uh, according to your testimony, is driving without a license, correct? Yeah, that's correct. You didn't have a license, and you were driving along Hamilton Avenue. Yeah, okay, great. Thanks a lot. And um, you also cited 22350. Yeah, you were doing Hamilton. You were probably doing about 65, 70, uh, you know, on Hamilton. That's, uh, you know, uh, for, uh, 40, 40 miles tops, 45 miles tops. Thank you, officer. Now, officer, um, do, you have a, do you have a receipt? A what? Do you have a receipt? What are you talking about? What we said I was driving. Yeah, you're, you know, you're. Going down uh, Hamilton Avenue, probably about 65, 70 miles. Okay, great. Now, do you have a receipt? Well, no. You have a, you have a, um, an invoice? For what? Well, you said I was driving. What does that have to do with anything? You, you, you know, well, you said I was driving, and I was just wondering if you had, a, had a, an invoice for a receipt. Well, no. Okay. Uh, you have any evidence of commercial activity? Like, a manifest, bill of lading, receipt, invoice, order, anything? Oh no, hey, folks, we got a we got a problem in the evidence department. The reason people are going to win a case is is based on insufficient evidence. If you do things properly, you're go, you're going to prevail on a on an insufficient evidence issue. Because all the cop does, and this is another aspect to this fraud, the majority of people who are getting pulled over today, yesterday, whenever, when they go to court, they're gonna, they're gonna, it's just going to be the cop, them, and the judicial officer. But it's going to be a criminal action, at least here in California. Criminal action, that's action, another name for a trial. Well... How can you be subjected to a criminal trial or criminal action when you haven't been accused of a crime? Well, you can't. People in California don't know what the hell is happening in those, those buildings they own. And as a result, the state uh, cheaters are making money hand over fist. They're having nice holidays. They're getting time off with pay, and you're paying for it. See, not only do they get a piece of the pie when someone loses, but they get their salary. They get the benefits. That defendant, that poor, fat defendant who doesn't know what they're doing in that courtroom is not only paying for their fuel, their time, their case, but they're paying for the case 
that's, that's coming at them. Now, the DA is supposed to prepare criminal cases. They use tax dollars to do that. The DA doesn't stick their hand in their wallet, you know, put, or, or their pocket and pull out their wallet and go, here, here's $5,000. I want to file a case. I want to do a case. No, they're using your tax dollars to prosecute you. <laughs> and you're using your money to defend against them. Highly inequitable. Highly disproportionate, and people don't seem to mind. That's really too bad. That's really too bad. Because those lying cheats are getting paid by the people they're scamming. Crime does pay. Just go into a traffic court tomorrow. Watch. Crime pays. You're going to see a cop, you're going to see a defendant, and you're going to see a judicial officer. Where the hell is the plaintiff? Where's the plaintiff's attorney? Well, we know where the plaintiff is, is not going to be. They're not going to be in traffic court tomorrow. Why? Because in a criminal case, the plaintiffs are the people of the state of California. And like 35, 40 million people are not going to show up in every single traffic court tomorrow. So their attorney, the district attorney or an assistant district attorney, is going to show up on the people's behalf, supposedly. But if they don't prepare a case, if they don't file a case, someone want to explain to me how the hell you can be prosecuted when no crime has been alleged, when no grievance has been been uh, alleged by the people? That policeman, that highway patrol officer, that sheriff deputy is the people's witness. But they're not the damaged party. They're just the state's witness. Now, how can you take advantage of this? Well, maybe before the case gets started, you, uh, you know, if the judicial officer turns and asks you if you're prepared to put on, you know, are you prepared, you might say, well, Your Honor, I have a question uh, prior to uh, commencement of the action. Well, what's that, sir? Well, um, is the officer an attorney? Ouch. Or, excuse me, Your Honor, uh, for the record, will you please uh, specify, the, uh, provide the name of the attorney of record in this case? Ouch. Excuse me, Your Honor. Um, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see uh, the people's attorney here, the DA. I don't, I don't see the DA here. Oh yeah, there. Yeah, it's yeah. Okay. Well, Your Honor, uh, who's prosecuting? Ouch! I think you answer that quite. So if he says the cop, actually, I I did this at one point. I was in a case, and uh, um, uh, people have heard me tell a story before, but I actually did a trick. Um, I uh, prepared a pleading, and uh, I intentionally left off the um, district attorney's name uh, on the proof of service. You have to put the court and the, all the people you serve. Well, I didn't serve the district attorney. I just served the police department because I know how it works. 
and I didn't serve the district attorney. So when I got to court for arraignment, uh, I informed the um, commissioner that uh, I was going to demur, and I had I, I had the paper in front of me on the table, and that I needed the name of the uh, prosecuting attorney. Now, when I said that, I bent down and I slipped to the very last page of the demur, and I had my pen ready to go, pretending like I was going to write a name. This was a pure setup. I was, I was, I was uh, fishing for a commissioner. And so when I asked for the attorney's name, he, he said, uh, now I wasn't looking at him, by the way. I was staring at the paper, pretending like I was going to write. He goes, so that's the officer. And when, I, and when he said that, I slowly pushed myself up from the table, and uh, I grabbed my pen, you know, with both hands, and I just started rotating at my hand slowly, and I looked at the uh, commissioner, and he was kind of leaning forward on his desk, and I go, but isn't he the uh, state's witness? And the commissioner slowly pushed himself back in his chair and crossed his hands over his chest. He knew he'd he knew. He knew something. So I think he was trying to figure out if I knew what I was doing or if this was just a lucky thing. But he goes, uh, so I go, isn't he the state's witness? And the judge goes, yeah. And I go, and he's prosecuting? <laughs> well, there was a pregnant pause. And I'm sure for him it felt like nine months, but he finally said, yeah. Okay, great. So I bagged the commissioner. He jumped, he dove head first right in that warm pile of poo. So you, you, you can take advantage of this kind of stuff. You can, this was an opportunity. I know that the officer is nothing more than a witness. That officer does not have a bar card. They cannot prosecute anything. So to some, maybe someone can explain to me how they're conducting criminal trials in traffic court without the plaintiff or the plaintiff's attorney or the plaintiff even filing a complaint. Oh, hey, folks, at least here in California, they don't file criminal complaints for infractions. Anybody want to explain to me how the hell you wind up at a criminal trial when no criminal complaint's been filed? How, how does that work exactly? After 25 years, I'm still stumped. The only, there is no legitimate answer I can come up with. It's all, it's all, they're cheating. I know what they're doing. You see, in California, uh, they adopted the infraction that was codified into law in 1968-69. And uh, prior to that, there were just felonies and misdemeanors. So uh, in 1963, if you got pulled over for a burned-out taillight, you, you could wind up going to jail. That's right. But um, in the early 50s, um, the people in the court community, attorneys, judges, they got together and said, look, we got a problem here because people are having three-day jury trials for burned-out taillights, expired tabs. We're only getting 2 to $10 for this stuff. Then we got we to gotta give them an attorney, and then if we throw them in jail, we got to pay for all our – this is just not cost-effective, and it's taken forever. So what was happening was 
they were getting soaked, and their calendars were clogged up. So if you think it's backed up now, and you think it was, a, I mean, it was production line was just just three days for a, a typical jury trial. This is not cost effective. So through the 50s, uh, research and uh, studies were done to determine how to lighten the load for the court. And they came up with this new class of wrongdoing called infraction. And uh, in 1966, uh, or 1968, 69, it became the law. So now you have infraction, misdemeanor, and felony. The distinction between a misdemeanor and a felony and an infraction is that with a felony and misdemeanor, you get a jury trial, you get an attorney paid for a public expense, and you could go to jail. When it comes to a felony, you're going to jail. End of story. Misdemeanor, questionable, could, maybe, who knows, but it's a possibility. And with the infraction, you don't get a jury trial, you don't get an attorney paid for a public expense, and you're not going to go to jail. They just want money. And you're not going to be Mirandized. And what that tells you is you haven't been accused of a crime. What the hell are you doing in a criminal trial? How are they getting away with this? Now, interestingly enough, the New York infraction was based on the New York infraction. But in California, they left out an element from the New York model. In New York, yes, they have infractions, but they're handled administratively, not in the criminal or civil court. So in New York, theoretically, I could represent people because it's in an administrative setting. I can't do it in a traffic court or a superior court, but in an administrative setting, I could represent somebody. I could be their counsel. I can't be an attorney, but I could speak for them as a uh, next friend, perhaps, or uh, limited power of attorney. But in any event, um, this is something that I don't hear discussed by people who are advocating law work and traffic work, how to deal with this stuff. I don't hear a lot of emphasis or a lot of discussion or um, even these points raised. Here's a question for everybody. Who is prevailing upon the court for relief? Who is applying to the court for relief? In a criminal action, it's always the people. And, it, and that's done through their attorney, who is the district attorney or city attorney. That's the people's attorneys. So the district, in, a, in a criminal action, the district attorney would apply to the court for relief for their client. But in California, the district attorney doesn't do that. So for me, one of my big preliminary questions would be, who the hell applied for relief to the court? If it wasn't the DA, if it wasn't the city attorney, then who was it? And it better be an attorney. 
Here's a question um, that a lot of people don't consider, but it's pretty important, and I think you realize how important it is when you hear it. How does the court clerk know to calendar know anything about you? How does a court clerk who calendars your case learn about your case? How they find out? Someone told them. And I want to know who that someone is. Because that someone is my accuser. And I want to talk to my accuser. I'm going to have a lot of questions for my accuser, and they better have the right answers. They better know all the answers to the questions that I ask that I already know the answers to. Because if they don't, they're going to have one hell of a hard time in that courtroom. And they're going to like me even less than they liked me before they got there. Now, I encourage everybody who wants to do this sort of thing, go to, go to court. And, and by the way, um, I don't have a problem going to court. As a matter of fact, um, contrary to what a lot of people advocate, you know, stay out of court, don't ever go to court, I'm never going to court again. Now, nah, court's just a, a tool. A court is a place where you can cut a record. It's pretty cool. So for any musicians on the call, you can go in there and cut, cut a disc. And I would get a bunch of tracks on there of that cop making admissions that I can use against him. Because it's really cool. Because everything the cop says in an open courtroom, that's on the record. And he's testifying under penalty of perjury. And I sure as hell hope he knows the rules he agreed to follow. Because he accused me of failure to comply. Well, I have a, I know what he's got to comply with. And if he doesn't have the right answers to the questions, um, it may look like I lost, but we'll see what happens on appeal because I know how to do that too. As a matter of fact, I appealed my mm, second case. My second traffic case, I appealed to the Supreme Court of the State of California. They didn't hear it. They didn't review it because they can pick and choose what they want to review, and they didn't choose mine. But I got it there. I got it there on time. There was no opposition filed by anyone all the way up. And uh, none, of my, none of my pleadings were kicked for any uh, technical defects. But again, uh, so what? Um, the Supreme Court didn't hear it, but I got it there. And... Um, that's what I'm willing to do. So I wanted to go, uh, focus primarily on the um, license issue and the transportation commerce issue because I think that's the way for people to figure this out. You're, it's an either-or proposition. Either you're in business or you're not. That officer is correct or, or they're not. Now, the traffic stop, what people call a traffic stop, in fact, begins in the policeman or highway patrol officer's or sheriff deputy's head. That's where it begins. It doesn't begin with you. It begins with them. 
The officer observes conduct. They, are, they observe behavior. They observe a verb. And the verb they observe, they believe, is related to the vehicle code in that little card that's in people's wallets. That's what the cop believes. Well, I want to find out in a courtroom if he actually knows what he's doing and if his beliefs are true. Because when I get that cop to answer questions on the record in the courtroom, he's under penalty of perjury and he can't change what he says. And it's my intent to use that transcript on the back end to go go get a paycheck. Because I think that, quote-unquote, winning, and by the way, I don't consider going to court a game. Uh, To me, it's life. And uh, somebody who accuses me better do it correctly, because if it's false, uh, I push back and I push back hard. And I don't care what your title is. I don't care what your gender is. I don't care who you believe in. I push back hard. I don't turn the other cheek. I quit doing that decades ago. If you turn the other cheek, you get slapped again. Go to traffic court. Find out how much these uh, these folks believe in the law and their oath and what's going on. It's really pathetic. See if you're getting your money's worth. In any event, um, I want that cop to say things on the record that I can use against him. That's what I'm going to use that traffic court for. So that's why I would go to court. And all the people who don't want to go to court, bravo, don't go to court. I do law. I don't practice anything. I I apply it. And I would encourage everybody to think along similar lines because the the, uh, folks in the suits with the tassel loafers who went to law school, they, they just practice. And they think they're bitching. They think they know which end is up. Um, a lot of them do. There's a lot of uh, people who are worth every penny that they get per hour. I know because I've met a, a, a few. And um, um, in fact, I would I would hire an attorney under appropriate circumstances because um, I'm have a pretty good idea of my limitations, what I'm competent at speaking about, and what I'm not too competent about speaking about. And um, in any event, getting back to the license, in conclusion, if if people can, in their minds, begin thinking in terms of commercial and non-commercial use of the highways, then things will begin falling in place much more rapidly. By looking into what a license is, and let me help you all get started with that, because I've got some killer quotes about the license. And uh, everybody would probably want these quotes because <laughs> uh, I, I, I use them in court cases yeah, to, to show you know the people, hey, look, I'm not making this up. I'm not smart enough to make this stuff up. I, your crew wrote this, not me. So this is a, um, a citation from uh, the California Supreme Court, and it's entitled City and County of San Francisco versus Liverpool and London and Globe Insurance Company. 
City and County of San Francisco versus Liverpool and London and Globe Insurance Company. A license proper is a permit to do business which could not be done without the license. I'll repeat that. A license proper is a permit to do business which could not be done without the license. I'm sure you folks can figure it out. Now, again, that's a California Supreme Court decision. That's the general in California when it comes to the laws, okay? The general has spoken, and the general spoke in 1887. Here's the citation. You folks can go find this. 74 Cal 113. Or uh, send me an email and I'll send it over to you. Uh, 74 Cal 113. Again, 1887 California Supreme Court decision. Now, here is a, um, here's one from uh, the California Supreme Court, another one. This is... City of Sonora versus J.B. Curtin. City of Sonora versus J.B. Curtin. A license, in its proper sense, is a permit to do business which could not be done without the license. A license in its proper sense is a permit to do business which could not be done without a license. Again, City of Sonora versus J.B. Curtin. And that's from the California Supreme Court. It's 137 Cal 583. 137 Cal 583. That's from 1902. These guys know what a license was. They knew what it was way back then. Let's uh, let's roll on up uh, to 1915 and see what they have going over there, going on over there in Kansas. Uh, it is held that a tax upon a comp, a tax upon common carriers by motor vehicles is based upon a reasonable classification and does not involve any unconstitutional discrimination, although it does not apply to private vehicles or those used by the owner in his own business and not for hire. Damn, what the hell happened to the clarity? from 1915. That's that's from Dress Desser, D-E-S-S-E-R, Desser versus Wichita. Desser versus Wichita. And that's 96 Kansas 820. 96 Kansas 820. That's a 1915 decision. And you also found similar find similar language in uh, Iowa Motor Vehicle Association versus Railroad Commissioners. Iowa Motor Vehicle Association versus Railroad Commissioners. That's 75 ALR 22. 75 ALR 22. By the way, folks, a lot of this stuff nowadays, you can just type in the site in your search engine. Uh, I use DuckDuckGo. That's the search engine I use. It's private. They don't track anything. They don't keep records. 
um, duck, duck, go. And uh, you can just type in, city, for example, City of Sonora versus J.B. Curtin, 137, Cal 583. Who knows? My show up. I find a lot of cases like that nowadays. Things have improved dramatically, believe me. Uh, this is from, uh, it is from the California Supreme Court. This is a bit more contemporary. The Garcia quoted Lambert versus California um, as follows. Quote, many registration laws are akin to licensing statutes in that they pertain to the regulation of business activities. Gee, I wonder what people um, register other than handguns. Hmm. Oh, cars. That's right. Trucks, motors. Yeah, man. The Garcia quoted Lambert versus California as follows. Many registration laws are akin to licensing statutes in that they pertain to the regulation of business activity. So that's People versus Garcia. And that's 25 Cal 4th. 744, 25, Cal 4th, 744. That's a 2001 decision. Now, I wonder what they said in Lambert versus California. Oh, by the way, that's a U.S. Supreme Court decision from 1957. And this is what uh, SCOTUS held. Registration laws are common and their range is wide. Many such laws are akin to licensing statutes in that they pertain to the regulation of business activities. Well, I'll be damned. Anybody on a call from Florida? If so, this one's for you. This is Mayo, Mayo, M-A-Y-O, versus Market Fruit Company of Stanford. Mayo versus Market Fruit Company of Stanford. This is 40 um, South 2nd 555. 40 South 2nd 555. We have said and we reiterate that a license is merely a privilege to do business and is not a contract between the authority granting it and the grantee, nor is it a property right. There you go. That's a 1949 Florida decision. We have said and we reiterate that a license is merely a privilege to do business and not a contract between the authority granting it, the grantee, nor is it a property right. And that's true for the following reason. It's not the contract. The license is not the contract. It is evidence that a contract exists. Now visualize a train. The caboose is at the end. The engine is at the beginning. The license is the caboose. The contract is the engine. Without the, without the contract, you're not going to get the, the uh, license. So they're absolutely correct. The license isn't the contract. It's evidence that the contract exists with all those attending obligations the driver has to comply with. And if they don't, they're going to get an ass whooping. 
It's just that simple. So when people are pulled over, they're being accused of breaking a rule that applies to people who deliver stuff for a living. Well, if you don't deliver stuff for a living, what's your argument? What's your case? What does the cop have to prove? The cop doesn't have to prove anything. Ha, 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 ha. The people do. Their attorney does. The cop doesn't have to do anything. You can use the cop to establish he didn't know what he's doing. It's pretty easy to get a cop to admit it. See, um, about, uh, I don't know, 2001-ish, in that neighborhood, 2000 maybe, I started working on a series of questions uh, to pose to a policeman or a highway patrol officer or a sheriff deputy on the stand. And, every, you know, everybody wants to know how to beat a ticket. And there's a lot, everybody's looking for the silver bullet and the magic and the, all this other kind of stuff. Well, um, I don't look for magic or silver bullets or any of that stuff. I just focus on constructing questions based on code sections or statutes or court cases. So, for example, I, I mentioned a court case that I can't cite or even use in court as an exhibit. Well, maybe I can. I've got to look into it. But right now, knee-jerk reaction is you can't cite it, you can't use it. So taking the, the, the sentence the court um, provided, a police officer has no affirmative statutory duty to do anything, no problem. Just turn that, in, turn that into a question. You don't need the case. Just use the court's statement and turn it into a question. So, folks, uh, I want to thank everybody for making the time to sit here. And in conclusion, before I tell you how to beat a ticket, um, I want to mention my website. There's a lot of really, uh, what I think, informative and valuable information there. It's called the thelawsalon.net. Law Salon is all one word, lowercase. And... Uh, Actually, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to type it in. And um, I would start, for those of you interested in uh, the, the license and the driving and the traffic stop stuff, uh, just type, just, just put a forward slash after net and then type the word drive. Uh, dot html so lawsalon.net forward slash drive dot html and that'll take you to the drive page and uh my site is really 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 simple all you got to do is scroll down if that's too difficult stay away uh you don't want to look at that stuff anyway because it's going to make your, your head explode if, if scrolling is too tough just stay away and go do something else like learn how to uh, make shoelaces but just stay away from law because you're gonna you're gonna screw up um, scroll down and at the, at the bottom there'll be a link to the next page in the series you'll see a little uh, you'll see Lucille Ball's driver's license so just click on that and that'll take you to the license page and then when you scroll down to the bottom of that there'll be another link and that'll take you to the stop page you know the so-called traffic stop page and then when you get to the bottom of that, you'll, you'll hit court, and you'll see what's there. Then you'll go to judges, then constitution, and uh, add in infinitum. Now, if you'd like to 
um, dig into tort and what torts are all about, uh, just type instead of the word drive, just change that to tort. So it's the net forward slash tort.html and take a look at what uh, what's going on with that stuff because that stuff is really important because it has to do with what's going on with traffic cases. So um, you'll see what's there. And if you're interested in some of my research and study material, just change the word tort to research. And that'll take you to my research page, and you'll see essays I have available. And I also offer a flash drive, uh, an 8-gig flash drive with about um, 6 gigs of all kinds of information on it. You can download a PDF of the contents. Um, and uh, there's movies on there, A Few Good Men, I believe, I, I, if I can remember. A bunch of other movies, a few movies. Uh, there, there's all eight. Black's Law Dictionaries, there's uh, Legal Encyclopedias, Bouvier's 1856, Webster's uh, Dictionary 1828, uh, uh, all kinds of court cases, law review articles, all kinds of stuff. Anyway, you'll see it when you get there. Um, for those of you who are interested in saving some money and you want to you wanna find out more about the license and tax, then just change the word drive or tort or research to tax. And look at how the retailers are doing to you what the uh, cops and the judges are doing to you. Folks, let's say, I'm not going to deal with the, tra with the sales tax um, issue, but for those of you who have an interest, um, I'm big on that. I want people to know what's going on. Um, when you can figure, when you can get a, receipt where you paid no sales tax, you're going to be able to do traffic because the same legal principles are in both settings, whether it be, a, you know, you're buying a $15, $20 ink cartridge over at the, uh, you know, um, Office Depot or Office Max, or you're dealing with a traffic ticket, the Legal principles are entirely the same. The privilege holder has to pay. They're obligated to pay, not the customer. The customer, and I would encourage everybody to look at um, their state constitution and more than likely the very first uh, article that, uh, that has to do with your rights, your, your right to acquire property. Well, it's not a big leap of faith or a stretch to say, um, I have the clearly established constitutionally secured right to acquire property. Um, given it's a clearly established unalienable right, uh, I'm not required to pay a tax, and the legislature can't impose a tax on me. They work for me because a tax is a lien. And there's a, a little word in the word unalienable or inalienable. So in the middle there, you got a word called lien. A tax is a lien. Well, I'm a customer. I'm not a retailer. I'm acquiring property. The legislature hasn't imposed sales tax on me. They've imposed it on the retailer. They've got the privilege just like 
the driver. It's the privilege holder who pays tribute for breaking the law. Yeah, remember, it's a crime to drive unless you have the state's permission. So if you bribe them, they'll let you commit crimes. Isn't that cool? Yeah, I don't think so. But in any event, um, this is what I do, and I exist on donations and people um, acquiring my, my essays. So, if, you know, I'd appreciate if you folks could uh, chip in and help out so I could cover my adult bills and keep doing this. And uh, in conclusion, uh, this is how you beat a traffic ticket. Um, officer, were you required to stop me? Now, that question comes from the statement made by the judges in the case that I can't cite and is not for publication. Police officers have no affirmative statutory duty to do anything. Combined with California Penal Code Section 836A, peace officer may, in obedience to a warrant, arrest. So by asking the officer on the stand when he can't leave, shoot you, electrocute you, beat the hell out of you with his stick, he's got to answer the question, were you required to stop me? I wonder what his answer would be. Now, one of the cool things I learned from Richard McDonald was question construction. Because Richard was a master of coming up with questions where no matter how you answer, (laughs) you're screwed. So I spent seven years working on a series of questions to pose to a policeman highway patrol officer, or sheriff deputy, and they're going to admit they followed a rule that doesn't exist. Now, tell me that's not cool. There's no way out. Of, once, once they answer the first question, and here's the first question. You're required. Excuse me? Oh, I didn't know I was on. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, the the first question is, officer, are you a sworn California peace officer? You know, or whatever state you're in. They're going to say, yeah. Now, once, once they identify themselves, the party's over. Because once they identify themselves, all the rules that apply to them, apply to them. You see, you're actually doing what the other, what the other, your accuser doesn't do. They don't correctly identify you. I can hear it now. The all caps name. You don't need the all caps name for this. The all caps name is retarded. You don't need it. It's stupid. Don't use it. You're not being pulled over because your name is in all capital letters. You're being pulled over because of a verb, not your damn name. All you care about is hey, cop, did you see a crime? If he doesn't see a crime, he can't win. No, they can't win. It's impossible because they've only got discretionary duty. 
to arrest for crime, but they do not have to arrest for crime. That's right. The sooner that that becomes a part of your being, the better off you're going to do. Police don't have to do anything other than, you know, their policies and stuff like that, but there's no legislature didn't write write a rule that says every officer shall arrest someone whenever they see him commit a crime. That's not written down. You're not going to see peace officers shall written when it comes to pulling people over. I'm sure everybody has heard the, heard the phrase, hit them where they ain't. Well, uh, excuse me, officer, were you required to stop me? Even if he had a warrant, the answer is no. Why? Because California Penal Code Section 36A is, this is how it reads, peace officer may in obedience to a warrant. Officer, were you required to uh, stop me to serve the warrant? If he says yes, you know, it wasn't, uh, you, you know, the legislature didn't authorize him to do it. Well, folks, the good news is the legislature has fully occupied the field of criminal law. <laughs> I mean, that, that can go either way, and it's funny, and it's true. But they're the ones who write the rules. So if the legislature hasn't provided peace officers shall arrest for any crime they observe, no local municipality that gets their grant to exist from the state legislature can, can go into that field, field of criminal law, and require one of their cops to make an arrest. They can't do it. The legislature can't delegate that authority. So when, when you hear you gotta, or you hear a variation on you gotta, or if you don't, you know, I'm gonna, that implies an obligation exists. Great, let's see the evidence that created the obligation. We'll talk about it. Until that point in time, uh, I'm not going to jump. I don't care how, 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 how often or, you know, how loud you say it, I'm not going to jump. So you show me the evidence or you're going to have a problem. All I care about is where's the evidence? that requires me to do what that cop says or what he thought I should have done. That policeman is in a very, very bad position and doesn't even know it. Anyway, I want to thank you all for stopping by. And uh, it's my intent to do this on a uh, regular basis. Um, I've been... Pretty hamstrung for the last six months. My site has been uh, blacklisted or was blacklisted by Google. I didn't even know it. And what I've learned about Google is, hey, folks, they got to go. The sooner Google dies, the better off we're all going to be. Because if you, uh, for those of you who own websites or think you own a website or a domain, ha, 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 no, you don't. Because Google can put the kibosh on it whenever they want to. And then you have to interact with those pigs. But in any event, that's a different story. Um, for those of you who'd like to contact me for questions, comments, um, I can be reached at ProPer, P-R-O-P-E-R, one word, ProPer, at thelawsalon.net, ProPer at thelawsalon.net. And um, for those of you folks who might be interested in lessons, classes, um, an expedited study program, that's possible. We can talk turkey. Um, I think my uh, 
rates are reasonable. Anyway, I don't, it's not my intent uh, for anybody to go hungry, me included. I just would like it if more people learned about this stuff and used it properly. If I can do it, so can everybody else. So thank you all for uh, stopping by and spending some of your time with me. I really appreciate it. Uh, see you next time. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.